I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back, folks, here on another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Been a minute, but we are now well underway in the month of June and the loaded recruiting weekends that the Wolverines uh, had set for this month, looking to gain some recruiting momentum and Uh, They seem poised to seize some, to seize some of it, Uh, some of that momentum that we see a lot of other schools uh, in the Big Ten and around the Midwest sort of uh, enjoying here this month. Looks like as we get toward the end of this month and into early next month that Michigan will grab a little as well. Joining me to talk about that, as they always do, the best crew in the land from the Michigan Insider, starting, of course, first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Great, guys. Good to be back on. And, of course, Bryce Marriage. Bryce, how are you? Good, good. Ready for another uh, jam-packed episode. Yeah, so let's let's back up. I mentioned that this was a very important month when it came to possibly grabbing some recruiting momentum. Uh, they've had a few big visit weeks or weekends in succession, uh, and they picked up a commitment. And let's start off talking about that. The commu- commitment drop ended with Deacon Tonielli out of Illinois, a bit of a recluse, uh, Steve, when it comes to talking about his recruitment, but this is a guy that Michigan has been pushing hard for or have been pushing hard for for quite some time. Yeah, so Tonielli was kind of a guy, yeah, like you said, Sam, sort of a recluse, hasn't said much about his recruitment. Uh, We knew Michigan liked him early. Uh, Jay Harbaugh offered him. I know Jay really seemed to be high on him. I think uh, Michigan was one of his first offers. Grant Newsom takes the job, you know, at the, at that time, I think we kind of wondered, cause again, he's, he's, I don't know if he's done maybe one interview. Like I, I've never seen the kid talk. Uh, question was, does, is Newsom as high as, as high on him as uh, Jay Harbaugh was got that answer over the weekend uh, as he uh, verbally committed to Michigan. Looking back now, I suspect Michigan was, was probably ahead in this recruitment the entire time. I think it was just a matter of getting him up for that official and uh, sealing the deal. So, you know, Michigan's done well at the tight end position. Tony Elliott, four-star. Allen's higher on him than the composite is, which, you know, I would always lean towards what Allen's thinking with a prospect. I know from from my standpoint, I think Michigan sees him as uh, more of a high ceiling down the road kind of kid at the tight end position. I also think he's more of your flex type guy at, at the spot as well. So, you know, I think big thing moving forward, will they take two? I think it's up in the air. Uh, I had a crystal ball in for Chico Holt out of, out of Houston. Uh, flipped that to Northwestern yesterday. It sounds like he's leaning towards the Wildcats. That was kind of the guy I think Michigan was looking at as that second piece of the puzzle there. So I think, you know, will they continue after Luke Haas, the, the Arkansas commitment? I'm not sure there. I mean, I think he's might be blocked back in with the Razorbacks. But, um, you know, that'll be the big question at tight end. Do they take two? Or do they hold with the one they got? Yeah, so, you know, the interesting thing when it comes to uh, first with Tony Elley is who Allen compared him to. He called him a more physical schoonmacher. Uh, so that fits with your flex portion, but it also gives 
you know, gives Michigan some some of that physicality coming in the door. Remember, Schumacher was a was a quarterback transitioning to a tight end. Uh, and it sounds like the requisite physicality that you like to see at that position do some more of the inline things that we've seen Schoonmacher grow into that maybe Tony Ellie comes in the door uh, a little more ready to go in, in that way. And then the other thing you mentioned uh, with Chico Holt Northwestern, I mean, w- this is going to be something that we mentioned throughout the episode that, the, you know, the teams that are recruiting at a higher than normal level or an impressive level, at least for them uh, here of late Northwestern is one of those teams. I mean, this, even though they are not going to finish top 10. I mean, their their class is buoyed by number. They have a high number. I think 19 commits or something like that. Uh, I think it is reasonable to think that they're probably going to finish with a top 25 class, which is saying something if you're talking about the Wildcats, Bryce. Yeah, you know, I think for me, let's start off with Tony Elliott. You know, 6'6", 215, um, athletic as heck. He's a basketball player. Um, so you always like those multi-sport athletes and Steve touched on this a little bit, but this is a huge win for Grand Newsom. You know, I mean, for him to pick up this recruitment, Jay had done a really good job with it. He had been up to Michigan a couple of times, one of them being on the Ohio state game, but then you got a new position coach and you got a different board and we saw different names appear. Some guys drop off. And so for a time there, I wasn't 100% sure in terms of Tony Elliott where he sat on Newsom's board. Newsom definitely made him a priority. He definitely made a really good connection with him and the family. And overall, I think it's just a great fit. You know, state of Illinois has been really kind to Michigan. And I think going forward, he's going to be a key piece in this recruiting class. As for the tight ends, you know, I know they are recruiting a lot of the 2024 tight ends, some of the top guys there pretty well. And at the same time, you got to look at the young talent you got in. You know, you got Colston Loveden, Loveland. Um, you got Matthew Hibner. So you got a lot of young talent. I probably wouldn't say you need to, but if you find the right to, definitely go for it. I know Chico Holt, Steve's been all over there recruitment, has been one of those guys where they feel like he'd be the perfect you know, compliment to Tony Elliott. But if it's not the case, he goes to Michigan, he goes to Northwestern. It is what it is. Um, and I, But I don't think they're going to, you know, shove a square peg in a round hole, essentially, just to make it work. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so I put in, and I know you guys put in some some uh, number of crystal balls here over the last month. Uh, one of the ones I think we all put in was for Paul Mubanga, out of uh, out of Buford and down in, in the Atlanta area in Georgia, a three-star offensive lineman from down there who I know you went to see, Bryce. And then we also put in crystal balls for Frederick Moore, a young man. We've talked about him in prior podcasts and, uh, you know, caught up with him talking about his, his announcement date, which is fast approaching. You can be on the lookout for that. He's going to be announcing his decision on July 1st. Uh, and so he uh, he talks about that in detail in a piece we have coming up. But those are two crystal balls that we put in. So let's talk about Mubanga first. Bryce, uh, you saw that kid in person, and uh, he was blown away by his visit. And that was a kind of a, a little bit of a tough call because he still had and has big-time visits on the docket after the Michigan visit. 
6'4-280 from Buford, uh, Georgia, one of the top programs not in the state of Georgia, but in the whole entire nation. I mean, they produce D1 talent year in and year out. And he's a guy like Sam. I talked to you about him. I think I talked to Steve about him a little. He had he took his official visit to Michigan June 10th, but he had upcoming officials to Texas AM and LSU. So it kind of made me a little leery of should I put one in, should I not? I got enough positive vibes, especially coming from Ann Arbor, where I felt good enough to say, you know what, I think Michigan leads for him. He's a high academic kid, loves Sharon Moore. He raved to me about the Joe Moore Award, how Michigan is definitely producing offensive linemen. He even noted to me upcoming offensive linemen he knows that's going to go pro from this current team. So there's a lot of positives and a lot of boxes that were checked off this official visit. I like where Michigan stands. And one other thing is when I made that tour through Georgia, one of the guys that a lot of the people down there really raved to me about was they said, when you see Mubanga, you're going to be a huge fan of him. He's the guy we think has Sunday potential. He's that good. Right now he's a three-star according to 24-7 and in the composite. But I think his ranking is going to rise. He's got 41 offers, so he's definitely a highly coveted prospect. But he's one that Michigan's been on for a long time, and I think he fits what they're looking for on the field, but also off the field. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, getting over to Frederick Moore there, Steve, uh, you know, I, I think it it certainly bears repeating what a good recruiter Jay Harbaugh is. Everything in St. Louis starts with Jay's effort uh, in that talent-rich, uh, but I think sometimes under-recruited uh, area, or at least under-scouted area, teams – seem like they find guys late there. Uh, Michigan making it a point to try to get in earlier on prospects, and I think they got in early enough with Frederick Moore that once his star started to rise and he started to get a lot of big-time attention from across the country, they had already kind of put their their hooks in in a way that put him in a good position heading into his official visit that they knocked out of the park. So is, is Frederick Moore's 100-meter time going to be like the how tall is Quentin Somerville uh, of this cycle? I feel like every conversation our board has had about Frederick Moore turns into a conversation about how fast he is. Um, Allen already has him at an 89, and I believe that's a rise from where he was originally ranked. You know, Michigan, they've scouted receivers so well uh, the last four or five cycles. Uh, Moore's got a, a good offer sheet, a good regional offer sheet. They hosted him on campus, decided, you know, they're moving forward there. I mean, we know sometimes you host guys an official. You're going like it's the team is trying to learn about the prospect as well. It's not just the prospect trying to learn about the, the football program and stuff. Uh, more clearly a top target for them uh, to take alongside Samaj Morgan so far. Uh, and, yeah, a guy that Michigan's in good shape for. Sounds like an elite route runner. And I know Alan, I think Alan even mentioned uh, that, that he's going to be keeping a close eye to see what those track times are this year, because it, it, you know, I believe Moore has stated that he's a lot faster than what, uh, or he's, his speed has come a long way from whenever track time our board likes to argue about uh, every two or three days or so. So, you know, good for Michigan to get two in there. And then I think they'd like to get a third. Uh, what's that? Uh, Laycock, the kid out of North Carolina, the tall, the, the big guy, the more big bodied receiver, I think is a the guy they're looking hard at Jalen Brown coming to campus this weekend. John T. Cook, although, you know, with Arch Manning committing to Texas today, we'll see where that one goes. Uh, but, yeah, Frederick Moore, really nice pickup. And, again, 
like Mubenga, I mean, Moore's already almost a four-star. Uh, he could be easily a four-star uh, once the fall gets going and once Allen especially has gotten to see him a little bit, even whether it's his film or see him in person. So Yeah. Yeah, so as far as who's next for me, you guys have already, I think, Samaj. You mentioned Samaj Morgan. That's a great segue into another guy that you two have put on Crystal Balls for. I held off only because I wanted to see who he was going to be visiting next. There was talk that he was going to visit maybe two schools this week. There was talk of maybe him getting out to Oregon as well. He was all over the board with Samaj Bridgman, a four-star linebacker out of Imhotep Prep in Philadelphia. Uh, the Wolverines had him on a visit and definitely was hearing exactly what you guys heard about how well Michigan did on that uh, on that weekend with him, Bryce. And uh, that'll be one of two crystal balls that I put in here uh, in the coming days. But what about Samaj Bridgman? Yeah, so he's a bigger linebacker, 6'2", 230, um, more like a thumper instead of like sideline to sideline. Not to say he's he can't move and make those tackles, but he's going to be a guy you're going to see most likely in the interior, the middle of the defense. But he's a guy that took official visit to Michigan and came away really loving everything. I know he really connected with linebackers coach George Hilo. Um, he had been in communication with him for quite a bit now. And I know Coach Hilo actually stopped by the school a couple times during the evaluation period. So they definitely were making him my priority. He's been a guy who's really connected with other people outside of just the coaching staff. But on the visit, you know, Hill Green, Akai Hill Green, and Mikkel Mullings, you know, Mikkel Mullings, those were two of his player hosts and two of guys he really noted as guys that he kind of connected with. And obviously being in the linebacker room, you kind of need to be good friends with them as well. But he had official visit the following weekend scheduled to Georgia. Cancel that. Mm -hmm. Right now, I think either this weekend or the past weekend, he was at Rutgers. Rutgers, right. Um, he's got a top six of Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Rutgers, Oregon, South Carolina. He's got that top six. I know he's committing in July. And so looking at it right now, I like where Michigan sits. I know, like you said, others have put in crystal balls there, but he's a guy that, again, Michigan wasn't really, really tracking well. And all of a sudden, after the official visit, now they look to be the leader, in my opinion. So yeah. that's what happens with these summer visits. And, you know, not to freak out quite yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Again, uh, the canceling of a Georgia visit was a big trigger for me. But then immediately there was word that he was going to maybe take a couple of more. I don't think he I, – I don't think that, you know, Rutgers can undo what Michigan was able to do on its visit. So I like Michigan, uh, you know, heading into his decision timeline or time frame that he set for for July. So that will be next. And then the other one, Steve, you put in a crystal ball for Jair Hill a long time ago out of Kankakee, Illinois. I went down to see the the four-star DB. He, he could play receiver. He could go both ways. He's a return man. He is a – an outstanding athlete uh, that who has seen his profile rise here over the last four or five months in Michigan has been on him all over him. Bellamy, uh, Clink Scale. I mean, he said, you know, the whole staff is recruiting him. And you can tell when there's a, a guy that's getting whole staff attention, he is a top priority. Here's a surprising thing, Steve. The thing that 
seems to have Michigan trending up in that recruitment. Their NIL pitch, you know, his, the NIL pitch to to uh, Jair Hill is what he said stood out the most about his visit. Now he didn't name a favorite, but I I feel pretty good about Michigan being in a pole position coming out of that one. It seems like the kind of kid that Clink Scale turns into a pro eventually. Um, they've been yeah, as you, they've been on him since the very 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 beginning, right? I mean, again, not to sound like a broken record, but I do believe Michigan was one of his first overall scholarship offers. Um, his pro his recruiting profile and his ranking have risen considerably since Michigan got involved and he does, he has the, the tools both physically and athletically uh, to be a difference maker for them in the defense. I believe, you know, defensive backfield all the way is where Michigan's recruiting him. Uh, but, you know, again, a lot of these guys are recruiting right now are, are ath, you know, ath types, athlete guys that could play either way. Uh, but yeah, Hill, you know, I think Illinois has made him such a, a like the, legit number one focus of their entire recruiting class, you know, and I know Illinois is Illinois, but um, you know, he's getting some major, major attention from the in-state school along with Michigan. I think that's who Michigan's had to fight off the most in this one, but yeah, I put one in a long time ago. Haven't heard anything uh, pre or post official visit to, to feel like I want to change that. You know, it sounds like Michigan's felt pretty good there and that they've been more swinging for the fences is for a compliment for another guy at corner, like a, like a JV and Tobiano type or uh, um, Jacoby Johnson, like a couple of the guys that have been on campus in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we'll see where they go there, but, but yeah, Jair Hill would be a, a huge pickup for Michigan just because we know that they, they love him a lot and have for, for more than a calendar year at this point. Yeah. Steve, I know you have to, uh, you have to scoot. You want to highlight uh, any guys heading into this big visit weekend before you jump, before you jump out, got to be Jalen Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, see where Michigan can go with this one. I know there's been some LSU buzz in that recruitment a little bit lately. Miami, obviously, always a factor, you know. But but Desmond Howard, right? Uh, something we talked about, I think, last episode, and mm-hmm. it sounds like that's going to come to fruition. He may be in Ann Arbor this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michigan. You know, it's one that I maybe discounted Michigan a little bit too much for just because he has really, really enjoyed the visits that he's been on. You know, so if Michigan has a big, big official visit weekend this weekend, they can get right back near at the top of that recruitment. And and yeah, you get a Frederick Moore, then now you put all your eggs in a couple other baskets. And I mean, really, to be fair, they've put a ton of eggs in the Jalen Brown basket already, but but he's an elite, elite talent, uh, you know, that that really it would not miss at Michigan. So he'd be the guy. Gotcha. All right. So what we'll do, we'll pick up talking about Jalen Brown on the other side, a little Amir Herring buzz as well. A local kid that the Wolverines are, are back trending for again. And then of course the latest in the quarterback recruiting saga for the university of Michigan, uh, the two five-star guys in the, in the state, uh, how things we are, obviously since the last podcast, we know that CJ Carr is committed to Notre Dame. Well, the trend line for uh, Dante Moore is pretty clear. Uh, it is not favorable at this moment for, for Michigan. But we'll get into that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. As we know, Steve Lorenz had to, uh, he had to scoot, had to uh, break early this week. Uh, but Bryce and I are back, and I mentioned before the break that Amir Herring out of West Bloomfield uh, one of the longest-running crystal balls any of us had, because we knew when, when Michigan offered him, it was like, man, you know, something would have to go really wrong for Michigan not to get this one. And it looked like things were trending, and they were trending away for some time, but not ever enough to move the crystal ball off, right? You just kind of felt like you know, either the intensity that Michigan was coming after him with was going to increase – or, you know, after he had been to see some places that his the intensity of his interest would pick back up or maybe both would happen at the same time. And I think that's that's the case. I think Michigan picked up the pace uh, in his recruitment. And I think he had a, a great visit to campus that has the Wolverines looking firmly at this point, Bryce, like the team to beat for Amir. So like you've said, Michigan for several weeks now, you could really feel them turning up the heat in this recruitment for the four-star offensive lineman. Um, and the biggest thing for me is he took this official visit to Nebraska the week prior. Went great. Even got a crystal ball in their favor for the Cornhuskers. A lot of people are wondering, where is that going to put Michigan with Amir at this point? A week later, a few days actually before his official, he went from actually taking unofficial. He was supposed to take an unofficial for that weekend. Michigan turned into an official visit. And I think that was the calling card where a lot of people thought, okay, this is where you're going to see the upswing in his recruitment, where you're going to see the difference. And at that point, he noted, and we just posted a story on him following his official visit, was the attention to detail compared to all those unofficial visits. Because like you said, Sam, I think he was offered in 2020. So it's been a couple of years since he's landed that Michigan offer. He's been in campus a lot of times, but official visits always different. You know, you get a little more attention. You get, let, you get, you know, you get to do more, you get to see more. And it's just a different vibe. I think with Michigan, this is something that really needed to happen. They brought in two interior offensive linemen, Landon Hatchin. It's a guy from Washington that they really like. Um, I'm getting the vibe, though. He's probably going to likely stay more on the West Coast. So this is a guy where, with Amir, they kind of needed more interior help. 
He's right in their own backyard. He's from a program they're very familiar with. One of his teammates is committing, Samaj Morgan. He's got his former coach on the staff. He's got former players on the roster. It just made sense. And at the end of the day, I really like Michigan. I never moved my crystal ball from Michigan because I thought if they ever did really turn up the heat in this recruitment, they'd be tough to beat. He's going to be announcing July 7th. I know Nebraska's still in it. A couple other schools are very much in it as well. But I can't see him pick anyone other than Michigan at this point, Sam. Right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I just felt like that was always – they were always going to come back around, uh, both sides. It's just too too much history there. I think the dude was, was blowing – you had to keep him from committing when he got offered, you know, as a really, really young youngster. So – uh, I think Michigan will, will will get that one. Now, as we look ahead to this coming weekend, we heard Steve leave off talking about Jalen Brown, and this is this is a great recruiting turn uh, or strategy wise by by Michigan by Ron Bellamy to get Jalen Brown up the same weekend as Desmond Howard's going to be on campus. We we sort of talked about this and forecasted this as a as a likely strategy. For those who don't know the history, Desmond was a volunteer coach down at his school, down at Gulliver Prep, which is where uh, Desmond uh, resides down there in South Florida, and uh, began mentoring the kid. Uh, you know, has a relationship with Jalen Brown. I think that that is how Michigan found out about Jalen Brown early in the process. It was, you know, one of your all-time greats is down there coaching the kid and, uh, you know, has helped mold him as a as a player with his advice. And so to have him be here while Desmond is here in his old stomping grounds and have a chance, I'm almost certain he's going to link up with his mentor while he's in town uh, as well. That just adds to the visit experience for him coming up this weekend. This is a burner, one of the fastest receivers in the country, uh, and a guy that the competition has gotten thicker for. Steve mentioned LSU. His AD, his former AD at Gulliver Prep, Ira Childress is now uh, in the admin in, in, in the LSU football program. So that's the plug there. Then you have Mario Cristobal taking over in Miami and, and fortifying the recruiting effort in Florida and especially South Florida. And you have Josh Gaddis, who was his primary recruiter here at Michigan and receiver coach being down there in Miami as well. So the competition got a lot thicker, but this is a – is an excellent counter for Michigan to be able to have him up on campus the same time as uh, as Desmond. Only thing missing was not being able to get Dante Moore up on campus the same weekend as those two have forged a little bit of a bond. We'll get to that later. Let's talk about some of the other visitors, though, Bryce, either whether they be guys who visited officially during the week or unofficially during the week or or guys who are going to be on campus this weekend. Yeah, so they actually had a massive addition added to this uh, weekend's official visitor list. Xavier McLeod, he's 6'4", 324 pounds, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. He just released the top six of LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, Michigan, and South Carolina. The Gamecocks right now are trending on the 24-7 sports crystal ball. But Michigan's made a really big push for him. They offered back in January, led by new defensive line coach Mike Elston, a guy that 
they really liked on their board. I know they've had a couple of their top interior targets on campus the last few weekends and Caden McDonald, who came up unofficially. And then you had John Walker, another four-star defensive tackle that came up on an official visit. Both of those, they did a really good job. Uh, but for him to come up, he was actually a maybe going into this weekend. So for that maybe to turn into a yes, I'm coming, that's a huge win, a huge sign for Michigan. And if you look at that top list, top six list, Sam, Michigan's the only northern school, you know, so there's definitely a southern flavor to kind of what he's feeling right now. But I, I know he likes Michigan a lot. They're putting a lot of eggs in this basket, a guy where they feel they got a good shot with, and they're making a big push for him. We're going to see how he how it goes after, you know, this weekend. But in terms of unofficial guys and the 2024 class, they're going to have to roll at the red carpet star studded lineup coming in, starting off with the number one wideout in the 2024 class, Ryan Wingo, a guy that you saw, Sam, yeah. at St. Louis down in Missouri. Mentioned Jay Harbaugh again. He's been a huge factor there. Ron Bellamy, the new wide receivers coach, is a big you know, uh, advocate in that recruitment as well. And he's coming up for the first time with his parents. He told me he's excited. I asked him as a joke. I said, well, what coaches are you excited to connect with? And he said, all of them. He said, I just want to see all of them. I want to connect with all of them. That's a coaching staff he really likes. He really likes Michigan. And on top of that, Alan True, one of our good friends, he actually put in the thread. And when I posted, he was visiting that from his sources, he's hearing Michigan's a real factor. They got a real shot in this recruitment. So that's a guy to watch out for. Two other guys real quick. The number one linebacker in the country in the 2024 class, Sammy Brown, 6'2", 215. He runs, I think, a 10, 7 in the 100. He's a freak athlete down there in Georgia. He's got the who's who's of offers, um, but he's coming up to Michigan He's, you know, raved about when he first got that offer back in the spring, how he likes that linebacker tradition at Michigan, what they have to offer the big house. He even noted to me he wants to make a game day experience. So getting him up now on top of potentially getting him up for a game, that's a huge one as well. So those two guys on top of Edge U, which Michigan's starting to call with all these edge guys they're sending to the NFL draft. Dylan Stewart from Washington, D.C. is a top 100 player in the 2024 class as well. 6'4", 220, a guy that they offered, again, super early in the process. They really like, and he's someone, this is his first trip up to Ann Arbor. I know he's excited to see things as well. So that's just on official visitor list, you know, and obviously they're going to have more official visitors, but this is a huge weekend for them to impress some of these top guys they have on their board not only for this cycle but for next next cycle as well yeah ryan wingo is an interesting one you know he likes michigan so much the irony is his dad is a former spartan you know <laughs> so and, you know but but michigan state not super high in the early going like he uh he said he felt more of a connection to he had a brother who went to mizzou he had a brother who went to arkansas or has a brother who went to arkansas and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time going to games at Arkansas. So that was like the program he felt the closest to, uh, which to me said, all right, this is a wide open kid. I mean, if you got to be, no disrespect, 
But if you got to be Arkansas for a five star five star receiver at that, I know they just had Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Burks, who was a first round pick. Uh, but they are not exactly wide receiver you. So you're kind of feeling like this is one where you can make some hay. Uh, Jay Harbaugh did a great job of getting them in early. And so getting him on campus at this point on his own dime so he can get to know, because he didn't know anything about Michigan. Like he, knew, he knows Jay. Uh, he knows about the big house, but just doesn't know much more. So that the positive is dad hasn't been hating on Michigan. Hasn't been hating on Michigan as a former Spartan. Uh, but the negative is he just doesn't know much about Michigan uh, to begin with. So they got to start building up that knowledge. Uh, and that starts when he gets to campus. That is a significant development for the maize and blue. Right? So the weekend is going to be a massive one. But it would have been even bigger if they would have been able to get Dante Moore on campus. Right? Uh, and it wasn't for lack of trying. They tried to get the five-star quarterback out of Detroit King on campus this weekend. We know through a visit tour that he took back in the spring that he got a chance to really connect with Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, five-star receiver, heard a lot about him. They're looking at – they have some schools in common that they're looking at, and they sort of established a bit of a vibe, as did their dads. Uh, and so the idea that you could have – a potential tandem on campus at the same time to sort of maybe, you know, capitalize on that vibe and cultivate that vibe even more, that was ideal. But uh, Dante is not going to be on campus this weekend. He's going to be at Oregon. And that, I think, is problematic for Michigan because I've heard that the Ducks are really trending up. Now, you might recall when we talked – to his coaches when we talked to Tyrone Spencer. Spence said, hey, he really likes Oregon, but I just can't see him going that far away from home. I talked about how, you know, when he was at a Sound Mind, Sound Body event, how he was asked, he asked Will Johnson, for instance, hey, man, you know, how do you deal with being away from home, being away from your, from your dad? So I know that that was something that's on his mind. But as he's gotten around more, and, and, you know, getting down to Miami and LSU and uh, going down to A&M recently and getting out to Oregon a few weeks back. Now going back, I think he's grown more comfortable with the idea of getting away from home. And so, you know, I think the Ducks are trending up at this point in that recruitment. Uh, and So much so that I think that him going out there this weekend, as you heard me say before, is a troubling sign for, for Michigan. I think it makes the hill that much steeper for them to climb. And, and just not good news on the quarterback recruiting front from, from Michigan on the heels of C.J. Carr committing to Notre Dame. Remember, the measure for me was just get one of them. It didn't matter which. I mean, people were really hung up on C.J. Carr or Carr going to Notre Dame. That's not as big a deal if you get – Dante Moore. But if you get neither of them, Bryce, now, uh, you know, th I think that is cause to be like, okay, now what happened where two five-star quarterbacks, both of whom we had connections to, so in C.J. Carr's case, it's both of his, both of his parents are, are Michigan alums. Both of his granddads are key Michigan figures. One, a former 
a head coach, won a, a star on a Big Ten championship team in the 60s, right? I mean, you got Michigan coursing through that kid's van. And he lives in Saline. And, you know, he, he picks Notre Dame. With, with Dante, with Notre Dame off the board, you have that proximity advantage. So he's a Detroiter whose dad is a diehard fan, so diehard that he has Michigan tattooed, peeing on Ohio State tattooed on his arm. Uh, his quarterback's coach is former Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner. Michigan was his first offer back in the seventh grade. So you see all of these factors that would lend themselves to Michigan having enough advantages to be able to get one of them. Like I said, Bryce, if it winds up being the case that they don't get Dante Moore, and not calling it over, you know, we have to see how that visit goes. Does he prolong it even more? But if he doesn't, Bryce, that would be – that would be a really bad loss. I'm talking about the quarterback, the local quarterback, whether it be C.J. Carr or or Dante Moore. That would be a, a big loss for Michigan if they didn't get either one of them. Well, it, it wouldn't be for a lack of trying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Sam? Like with Dante Moore, if you're looking at his recruitment, Michigan didn't offer any kids in his class. You know, they literally put every egg in that basket. And so for them to miss on him would be, in my opinion, a huge loss. That's one where they were the first offer. They offered back in middle school. We've talked for several podcasts how, you know, not only Matt Wise, but you got Klingsko, you got Ron Bellum, you got all these guys helping. And then the ace up their sleeve was Jim Harbaugh. He was going to come in and be the big factor and help kind of Swing this momentum well, so back. To be clear, let me let me let me interject here and say that was our speculation about a strategy that they could use to maybe stem the tide. I never heard that that was something that they were definitely going to do. So I want to qualify that. that's not something that you know we we're hearing. I was at least me. I wasn't hearing from sources that hey Jim was going to take this recruitment over. I didn't hear that. I was suggesting that that would be a way to when things were trending really heavily towards Notre Dame, that that would be a way that maybe they could stem the tide in the same way that Jim stemmed the tide when Donovan. Donovan was a heavy Ohio State lean, right? Uh, You know, Ohio State helped with with the way that they sort of tried to force his hand in recruiting, but Jim uh, being front and center in that recruitment was key, and it was really, really key in the the Will Johnson, Will Johnson was on the verge of committing to Ohio State too. When Jim got on the phone with him and was like, "Look, don't do anything. I'm staying at Michigan, right?" And that was key with slowing him down. Uh, and eventually, that guy winds up committing to to Michigan. So that you know that was the logic that I was applying to. Hey, if Jim jumps in on this one, it could maybe it could maybe turn the tide here as well. But that that was not something that I was hearing from, you know, rumblings from in recruiting circles that that was indeed the plan. Matter of fact, I don't think that that wound up being the plan. I mean, Jim was recruiting him, of course, but I don't think he I don't think he took it over as the primary guy. No, and I meant more of just, I guess, being a factor, Mm -hmm. essentially, not like he's going to be the primary recruiter in that recruitment. Um, But you you kind of hope even him becoming more of a factor, I should say, was going to help play a role in keeping him home 
and so like you said you you know detailed it with cj Carr. essentially you're not gonna find probably a kid ever with that many ties of strong of ties to michigan and then go not only to not michigan but go to one of your rivals so it's definitely not a good look, especially perception-wise, for you to lose the top two, you know, quarterbacks of the next two cycles here. But the same token, it's not like all hope is lost. They do have five-star quarterback Jaden Davis from Providence, you know, high school there in North Carolina. He's a guy that recently took an unofficial visit with a bunch of his teammates. I know you wrote a lot of pieces. You actually were at the school, mm-hmm. so you got to see, you know, Goodwin and Chip and all these four-star wide receivers and other players from that highly touted program. And so he's a guy that I know he took that unofficial visit to Michigan, really liked it. Other um, networks put in, I guess, their picks for Michigan to possibly land him. I'm not going to go that far yeah. yet. Yeah, it's early. But, but there is talk. He's going to come up for the barbecue. And if you can get a kid of that caliber up twice unofficially, that's huge. And so obviously he's got ties and his program with Channing uh, Goodwin's father, Jonathan, who used to play in Michigan, who's essentially kind of a big factor in that recruitment as well. He's not going to push him anyway, obviously, but he's definitely not going to, He's going to give him, let him know what Michigan's all about, what they present, what they can do going for him, going forward. So that's a big feather in the cap as well. And I know he's a guy that if they were to land him, I'm not going to say that's going to soften the blow necessarily because it's still going to sting losing Dante Moore and CJ Carr. But if somehow you can lose both those guys and still get a five-star quarterback, I mean, that's – Best case scenario. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked a lot about Matt Weiss connecting with Dante Moore and growing that connection and uh, trying to grow the connection with C.J. Carr as well. Well, that process is much farther down the line with Jaden Davis. Like Jaden Davis talked – when I, he, he talked about how frequently he speaks with uh, – he, he speaks with Matt Weiss. Uh, he said he's spoken to Jim Harbaugh a lot. I think one of the things that is really, really important to him – is quarterback uh, quarterback experience or, or understanding what it takes, what's necessary to be a quarterback at the next level. And, and the next level being the pros, not just college. And that's why he was really high on or is really high on Jim and on Matt Weiss. He said these are two guys that coached in the pros recently. So I remember watching – Jim Harbaugh coach with the 49ers. And so that really, really resonates with him. Like when they say this is how they do it in the pros and this is what you need to be a pro quarterback, it's not just them speaking in the abstract. They're speaking from, with direct knowledge of it. And then for him to come on campus, uh, come on campus and with, with teammates and with Jonathan Goodman, who is a major plug for them. I mean, he came up with – they came up with the good ones. So that that in and of itself, I mean, helped get that unofficial visit done, that connection. So is it a stronger connection than, than the ones that they had with, with Dante Moore and C.J. Carr? No. But it's a strong enough connection 
to make Michigan one of the early favorites. I won't call them the favorite. Way too soon, in my opinion, to be putting in a, a crystal ball because he he has a who's who chasing him. And you got to believe that you know everyone who lost out on the Arch Manning sweepstakes uh, is probably going to be upping the upping the ante. Like there's a lot of talk that Georgia is going to go both barrels, uh, you know, kind of up the ante even more in their pursuit of, of Jaden Davis. I don't know if that's true or not. My point is this is a guy who lives in ACC country that is going to feel the brunt of the recruiting attention uh, even more so now as you get into his his junior campaign and a lot of the 23 recruiting cycle is already determined. Even whether it's Arch Manning or any other quarterback. I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks or most of the top quarterbacks you feel like are going to be done by the time the season starts, right? And so that clears the deck for these schools to start looking at the next cycle more vigorously. That means a lot more attention aimed at Jaden Davis from Michigan to get them on campus twice if they're able to do it in the uh, in the barbecue, uh, that will bode well and shifts a lot of the uh, the pressure, uh, you know, the recruiting pressure on being able to capitalize. I mean, you got to capitalize on one of these relationships, right? I mean, it's it's I mean, you, hard. You would think it's hard to it's hard to get, you know, some. It's hard to get guys without some sort of maybe you know a coach. Or you know you you ha- you know someone in the family. Someone knows someone that gets you in, right? And, and it, it maybe isn't always as many as with CJ or with or with Dante. There's always like one, like that you you got some sort of in. Well, they have a really significant in here, and to to hopefully be able to, for their sake be able to capitalize on this one when they weren't able to. Uh, capitalize on many more with these other two quarterbacks, it will put salve in the wound. It will soften the blow. I mean, you, you look at it this way. I mean, C.J. was going to be a 24. If you if you trade C.J. for Jaden Davis, then, you know, I don't think they're crying uh, at that point. But how long is that recruitment going to take? Like, that's the, he didn't say his timeline called for him to make a decision before his junior campaign. It's really early for C.J. He told me just before his senior season. So he made it sound like he's going to go through his junior campaign, get out on some visits, then maybe think about making a decision sometime in the spring or summer. Was not going to go into his senior campaign looking to make a choice. So I don't know, Bryce. Uh, like I said, it's it's a tough blow losing those two. Uh, you do have some early footing with, with Jaden Davis, but I would expect Michigan to really, really cast a much wider net like to really start getting a more aggressive with quarterback offers, especially in the 24 cycle here in the coming weeks. Yeah. I mean, they've already offered quite a few of the top, you know, quarterbacks in that cycle. Um, biggest thing I'm going to look forward to is what they do this cycle in the 2023 class. You know, obviously they brought in an in-state quarterback. Yeah. That goes without from, saying from Warren D. LaSalle, you know, Brady Droke house. And he's a guy that, Completed 62% of his passes for about 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. And he ran the ball 200 times for like 1,700 yards and 24 touchdowns. So he's a two, you know, he's a true dual threat quarterback, a guy that maybe hasn't been always the prototypical quarterback they've kind of recruited. But at the same time, 
with Matt Wise and a big thing when he did come over to Michigan was bringing that Baltimore Ravens system into Michigan, kind of incorporating what, you know, maybe LeVar, Lamar Jackson and kind of that running attack. So he's a guy, he committed to Cincinnati. I know his uncle actually, though, played at Michigan. He joked with me that he's been going to Michigan games his whole life. So if Michigan were to offer him, I definitely think they would have a shot to flip him away from the Bearcats. But it's going to be one of those things where luckily they do have J.J. McCarthy still there, which is definitely a huge plus. But he's not going to be in Ann Arbor forever, Sam. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they did bring in two quarterbacks last cycle. But I, I just – it's one of those things where – I don't know how you're opinion on this, but don't you have to take a quarterback every cycle? I think so. Yeah. That, I mean, I that's so. just my opinion. So if they miss on Dante Moore, I would think they would have to take someone or just go to the portal. That's another yeah, option look, too. It's, I, I do think you have to get a quarterback in every cycle. It's hard to stack like five. So that's why I said it was, it's, it's going to be one or the other. It was going to be C.J. Carr or Dante Moore – uh, whether and we were talking about Notre Dame or Michigan at that particular point in time, that you weren't going to have one school that got both, uh, because you know if if you get a five star one cycle, very likely going to push away, uh, you know the top tier guys in the next cycle. So there's a rhythm to your quarterback recruiting. You maybe get a five star one year and a developmental guy the next year, and that kind of be and, and maybe it might be even a developmental guy. Uh, the second year after you get a five-star guy, and then you come back and you get another another five-star after that. So Michigan is kind of in that window where, yeah, it could be a five-star this year, but if they didn't, as long as they got one or a top-tier quarterback in 24, then they would just they would be just fine. Just got to, you know, I think at this point, 23, it's about casting a wide net and getting someone that you feel like you could develop into a guy. And then 24 is kind of your big fish cycle again kind of your five-star cycle again, and Jaden Davis kind of leading the way for that. So we'll have plenty of time to, to talk about that. We're going to be reflecting upon this weekend uh, when we get into the next Michigan Recruiting Insider uh, next week, uh, recapping this weekend, kind of setting the stage for July, which, as we said at the beginning, really feels like Michigan is going to pick up some momentum uh, in early July and, and maybe add a few commitments to the fold to kind of get the recruiting ball rolling heading into late July when the barbecue comes back around and maybe the Wolverines will be able to realize some more success there. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Re Michigan Recruiting Insider. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. And then, of course, always check us out over on themichiganinsider.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.